Henderson. Perez. Johnny Evans. What a header. Oh, what an absolute cracker from Harvey Barnes. Oh, there's magic in that right boot. You're listening to Extra Time, live on LCFC Radio. Your place for all the reaction to the weekend's football. Yes, hello and welcome to Extra Time on LCFC Radio. After yet another Leicester City victory. We seem to be saying this every single Monday. (laughs) It certainly is a fantastic season so far for Brendan Rodgers and the Foxes. Coming up on the show this evening, we'll hear from Luke Thomas and Brendan Rodgers. We'll preview the development squad because they're in action tonight, yet again at the Leicester City Football Club training ground. We've got our quizzes as well, which I'm sure one of our guests, Tony Cotty, is very pleased to hear about. It's Brendan Rodgers' birthday tomorrow, so we'll talk about the impact that he's made uh, since he was appointed manager of Leicester City. And we'll also talk about um, a number of Leicester players that are out on loan currently, or one in particular that is out on loan, but I don't want to spoil that too much, and you'll see why uh, a little bit later on. But we'll introduce our guest firstly, uh, Tony Cotty. I referenced there that you won't be looking forward to the quizzes later on. I like your quizzes, Dan. Good evening, mate. Good evening, Sags. How you doing? Good evening, TC. I hope you're well. And we're we're very, very sorry, talking of quizzes, that we've ha- had to drag you away <laughs> from your favourite tea time TV quiz show because we could hear the chase going in and on on the background. Uh, <laughs> all only re- relevant to the quizzes we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no obscure <laughs> European football in uh, in there on the chases there, Tony. Uh, and, and welcome to you, Jerry Taggart. We might as well get it out in the open, talk about what, what's on your forehead. Uh, uh, the old fabled excuse that you've heard many times before. I walked into a door, which I actually did too this morning. <laughs> And I've got a big slit down the front, and I've tried putting a bit of makeup on. I don't think it's done the job, or I've got more of it on my eyebrows and anywhere else. But yeah, I walked into the door. Like you can just see it perfectly there. There you go. Well, Turn around. We were going to get Jerry Taggart to do a, a live makeup tutorial here yeah, on Extra Time. That was but a, we that, thought yeah, it was a bit too far. It was a step too far. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Leicester City then, Tony. Uh, I heard you talking to our producer just a moment ago. You said yet another win. The foxes are flying. They absolutely are, aren't they? They are, Dan, yeah. I mean, it's just a, I think it's an absolute pleasure, you know, to tune in and watch the football that they're playing, you know, to enjoy the results as a Leicester fan. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, and I watched the game, it was one of those performances where you think, wow, they've started really well. And then, of course, first time they go down the other end, they're a goal behind and you think, oh, no, please don't be one of them days. But, no, it, it turned out to be a very, very professional away performance Okay, I know Brentford made some changes, but they're a, they're a good footballing team. And if you're not on your game, conditions were difficult. It could easily have been one of those games where you get knocked out of the FA Cup, scratching your head on the bus home, thinking, how did we lose that game? But no such thing for Leicester. In, in the end, it was a very, very comfortable victory. How important do you think it was to get that goal early in the second half, Tony, as, as they did, what was it, 49 seconds into the, the second half? Yeah, I think the the one thing we'd all love to, to um, you know, me and Tags had the pleasure of a dressing room under Martin O'Neill. And I think sometimes, Dan, you think to yourself, I just wish you could go in the dressing room and listen to Brendan and see what he says at halftime. Because, as I said, like they, they, they played all right in that first half, I felt. But it was just a little bit, I don't know, a bit shot shy. Never really sort of looked like scoring too many goals. And at halftime, you know, he's obviously said something to the players and they've come out and, you know, it was a fantastic goal, wasn't it, to, to, to respond so quickly right at the start of that second half. But as I said, I just wish sometimes you just 
have a TV camera or something and listen in or whatever and see what the managers say, you know, whether whether it is having a little go at them or whether it's just a tactical tweak or just geeing them up or whatever. But whatever he said, it certainly worked because it was a much better second-half performance. Yeah, fantastic second-half performance for Leicester and through to the fifth round of the <clears throat> FA Cup as well. If you're listening or watching in on social media, do get involved with the show this evening. There'll be a few little quizzes that you can get involved with as well. Uh, Jack Newman says, hey, great week, on we go. And, and that sums it up for Leicester. It's not just been a great week, Jerry. It's been a great month in general, mm, really. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, you couldn't really wish for any more. Uh, goals are going in. Everybody's contributing. Goals coming in from all over the, the pitch as well, which is really good. Uh, and, you know, going into the game on Wednesday night, which is a, another big game, you know, you have to say, things are looking good. And, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, you've got to fancy Leicester going into, you know, into any game, whatever whatever team they come up against. You've got to fancy them whether it's at home Seems they've got over that little blip that they had earlier in the season with a home form or whether it's away like it is on Wednesday night against Everton. So lots and lots to look forward to. And, you know, in in the scheme of things and in the situation we're all in, then, you know, it's a good time to be a Leicester City fan. That is for sure. Very much so. It's a very nice distraction, is it, from uh, everything that's going on. The, the, the one downside, obviously, is that the fans aren't able to, to go and watch Leicester week in, week out and, and see how well they're doing at the moment. No, but, you know, obviously they can follow their team uh, on, on whatever platform. And, you know, when your team's doing well, then obviously it's nowhere near the same as coming to the stadiums to watch them. But, you know, at least it gives people something to look forward to. That's the way I feel. Because, again, I say I'm privileged to go to all the games. And I look forward to going to all the games because at the minute, you know, they're they're playing a really good start uh, football. Uh, the results have been good, as we all know. Momentum is good, and when that happens, then you know it's it's you have something really you know positive to look forward to, and that's what you know everyone should be feeling right now. And and hopefully, Tony, Leicester fans will have a, a lot to look forward to come May. Uh, maybe one of those things being an FA Cup final as well, something that obviously Leicester have never won. We, we've seen them do well in, the, in their opening two games. They've got Brighton up next. There's no reason why Leicester, the way they're going this season, can't go all the way in this competition. No, absolutely not. And I think as the, as the you know, obviously you've got to look at the other games going on in the Premier League. You've got to look at what's going on in the Europa League as well. I understand all that, but... You know, as as you progress in the competition, you then sort of I think the the, the the sort of top clubs like Leicester, like you tend to start to prioritise. You start to play your better players. I mean, there was what what you would probably call three regulars playing yesterday, but I think that might go up a little bit in the next round against Brighton. They're a dangerous team, Brighton. So it's not a case of oh we had beaten Brentford through to the quarterfinals. The FA Cup's never like that. There's never an easy game, so they've got to be on their game. But I, I think the one thing. I, I would think, Dan, that's going on this season is that the, the further they go in this competition, the more they'll hear what you just said. Leicester have never won the FA Cup. And we know with the, at the Premier League, etc. We know the League Cups that being Tags had the pleasure of being involved in. We know all about that. But the FA Cup is special to Leicester from that point of view, to be in so many finals and not to have won the competition. And that's something that if I was in that dressing room, and I know Tags would feel the same, that's something you'd think, you know what, let's let's make history. Let's go on and win the FA Cup as well as what they're doing in the other games as well. Uh, so I, I misread what you were going to say at first then, Tony. I thought you were saying it's something that, that might play on the players' minds and weigh on their minds that Leicester oh, have never won it. But it's, no, it's the opposite it, point you're making. 
absolutely, Dan. Inspiration to the players. No, and it's not something you, that you, you know you, you you've not been part of that history. What, but what you want to do, you always want to change history. You know, the facts are there, the stats are there. You cannot change what's gone on in the past, but you can you can change what's going on in the present and you can change what's going to happen in the future. And uh, the point I was trying to make, just to clarify, Dan, is yeah. if I'm in that dressing room and I keep hearing Leicester have never won the FA Cup, I'll be thinking to myself, well, let's go and do it then. Let's, let's, let's do something, give the fans something, especially so difficult for everyone out there at the moment. If you can put a big smile on the Leicester City fans' face by winning the FA Cup, let's go and do it, boys. And you very much get the sense, Jerry, that Brendan Rodgers is the type of manager that would love to be able to, to do that and say that, that he is the first Leicester manager to win the FA Cup. Yeah, it would go without question. I think, you know, you're seeing in recent years that, uh, you know, although the FA Cup comes down the list of priorities for a number of clubs, uh, it's still silverware, important silverware for clubs to win. And I think in recent times, you know, Managers have realised that and have started taking this competition, you know, more seriously and giving it the respect it deserves. That, you know, we, we, as I said, we've won a cup, not the FA Cup, the League Cup, obviously, but, you know, what I wouldn't have given the turned out at Wembley in an FA Cup final, you know, seriously. And I think Leicester have the squad, number one. They have the depth in squad. They have the quality in the squad to go a long way in this competition. And I think that's why... And the game at the weekend proved that. You know, the game yesterday proved that to me because of the amount of changes that was made and with the ease that Leicester got through that game. Uh, and so that, that tells me, should be telling everybody that, you know, if Leicester need to go full tilt uh, in this competition to get a result and get through the next round of it, then they're more than capable of doing that. And you look at that game in the next round, Tony, it's going to be during the week around the 10th of February. So that's in between uh, a trip to Wolves and a home game with Liverpool. So two two relatively tough Premier League games that will be either side of that game with Brighton. But then conversely, obviously, Brighton are fighting to stay in the Premier League. So they'll be concentrating themselves on the Premier League as well. Yeah, it, I mean, it's obviously all the factors that you mentioned, Dan, and you never quite know injuries, obviously, as well. You know, you never quite know until you get round to to that particular date in sort of mid-February where, you know, what exactly what's going to happen. But the, the only thing you can say is if you're in the FA Cup, in general, it doesn't always apply, but in general, the one thing you ask for is a home draw. You get a home draw, you're at your own stadium, you normally have the back of the fans. I know we haven't got that, but you get your home draw and then you just try and progress through. So, yeah, it, it, there's there's a tough game before and there's a tough game after, Dan. But, you, you, listen, the argument for me would be every game's tough in the Premier League. It doesn't matter. I know there's degrees of toughness, but, you know, you, you can't be complacent in any Premier League game. So, it's just one for Leicester to look forward to. I really I really do think that. And I, I think it's a great game. We'll, you know, we'll assess it when you get a bit nearer the time. Mm. And hopefully, Brendan will have the, the privilege of being able to pick from a strong squad. Well, let's hear from that man that Tony Cott has just mentioned there, Brendan Rogers, speaking after the fourth round win against Brentford yesterday. Brendan, congratulations through to round five. What was the key to the win in the end? Just perseverance. We started well in the game and then after, what, nine minutes, we gave away a sloppy goal from a set piece. Um, but apart from that, I thought the performance level was really good. Of course, it was, it was really good in the second half. Speeding the game, we played higher up the pitch, pressed the game better, and uh, and some of our football was was outstanding. People might say it's a game of two halves, but was it just coincidence that you got a goal so quickly in the second half? Yeah, 
Yeah, we, uh, like I said, I thought we had a number of opportunities in the, in the first half. Really pleased. And I, I reinforced that with the players at half-time. There was no need to, uh, to be negative at half-time because some of our football was good. We just had to pay attention to their set pieces. They're, they're clever, they're bright. Uh, and like I said, we, we, we give away a sloppy one, which put us behind in the game. But the reaction from the players was, was outstanding. And like you say, second half, the, the goals, the, the rhythm of the game was really high level. And yeah, we, we played really well. When you arrived earlier and saw the surface covered in snow, were you thinking you might have to change the way you're going to play in it slightly or not? No, no. We had confidence that obviously the, the ground staff had worked really hard here in clearing the pitch. and. And obviously, just watching the, the Chelsea and, and Luton game on the telly, you could see that, and that's only down the road, you could see that the pitch was, would clear up well. So, uh, so yeah, now big credit to the, the, the staff here that have cleared the pitch, and obviously the game was a, a good level game. And Ricardo Pereira out there as well, got a good chunk of time under his belt. Was it always planned to make that change if the game was comfortable? Yeah, yeah, he needed, uh, he wasn't going to play the 90, but if we could get him as close to 70 minutes and he did that, he was very, uh, we'd be happy and yeah, I was really pleased with Ricky. And I guess now the likes of him and Shalasu Inchu have got a fight in the hands to get back in the, the team, haven't they? You know, they were heralded as two amazing defenders before they got injured, but now the likes of Wesley Fafana's come in and done amazingly well. James Justin's been outstanding this season and now two of those players. There's a real battle on to get back into that defence. Yeah, no, but we need them. It's, you know, we're going to need those, those players. The, they were amazing defenders before their injury, and they still are. They're very, very important players for us, and uh, they'll, they'll prove that over the second part of the season. And you talk about that second part of the season. Jamie's injury, we know about. Dennis is going to be out for a longer period of time. But with pretty much everyone back fighting fit now, you're fighting on three competitions. You've got a good core, good group to go with and attack all of them, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. we've seen that today. We made eight changes, but the, the level of performance was uh, a level that pleased me. And, uh, but importantly, the intensity really pleased me so uh, so yeah it was a good, good victory for us that's Brendan Rogers there speaking to LCFC Radio's James Field and a couple of points to pick out Tony let's start with Ricardo Pereira because it was fantastic news wasn't it to see him start a, a domestic game for the first time since March yeah I mean it's, it, we, we was all singing his praises weren't we last season absolutely fantastic you know he's been a big miss but having said that he's given other players opportunity you know Brendan touched on it and and you know, he's not going to walk back into this team, Dan. And that tells you everything you need to know about Leicester because he was unbelievably good, wasn't he, Ricardo, before his injury? And, you know, you'd have said when he got that injury, you would have said, you know what, he'll walk straight back into the team. Well, I've been looking at some of the performances from some of the players that have been filling in for him, particularly, you know, James Justin has been fantastic, hasn't he? Castagna's done well when he's been there. And although I think he will eventually get back in the team, it's not going to be a walk in the park for him. You know, he's got to get his fitness. He's got to get his sharpness. It's great for him to get the 70 minutes under his belt. Exactly the right thing to do to take him off because the last thing you want to do is get the fatigue and he pulls it. There's so many times you see a player come back from a long-term injury and they, they leave them on the field too long and they pull another muscle or something. They're out for another six weeks. It happens too much, I think, in football. So it was the right decision to take him off. You know, let's get him back in the team, Ricardo. But what I'm saying, Dan, he's going to have to fight for his position like everyone else has to. Were you impressed with his performance, Jerry? And, and were you surprised with how good and, and how comfortable he looked? Slightly, I have to say, you know, for his first game back. But yeah, he, he just fitted in lovely, didn't he? Uh, he got a little bit frustrated with himself, especially in the first half, where things just weren't quite going his way. But you expect that, 
you know, you just that little bit of rustiness showed. It's a good sign that he's frustrated yeah, with himself. Yeah, exactly, because he? he knows what he can do. He knows what he's capable of. But I think in the second half especially, you know, he set one on an absolute plate for Cengiz Under, who's unfortunately put away. But that's that was Ricky Pereira's best in the second half of that game. Uh, I think he just, you know, calmed himself down at half time. Uh, and then we seen, you know, in the second half, and really, you know, playing some wonderful, wonderful football down that right hand side. And then that trademark passing, instead of just whipping it into the box, picking people out in the box to get shots on goal. And it was just unfortunate under, you know, didn't get that one on target because it more than likely would have went in the back than that. And he would have left the game with an assist to his name, Ricky P. But yeah, great to have him back. Yeah, there's quite a lot of options, obviously, Tony, now in, in this Leicester City group. And, and I guess one of the options is even playing Ricardo a little bit further forward. That The game against Chelsea, his return to the Premier League off the bench, granted, was in that right-wing position and, and he still had Castagna and Justin as the full-backs. Is that something that, that could maybe be an option moving forward? Yeah, I think it is. But again, you, you look at how good Michael Brighton's been since he came back in the team. Then you've got Harvey Barnes as well. So who do you shuffle about? Who do you leave? Can Ricardo play in that position, sort of right midfield as such, or a right wing back? Of course he can. He's that good a player. You know, he's comfortable right back, right wing back, right midfield. I, I, he looks like a sort of Roy the Rovers type of player who could play anywhere, to be honest with you. So, <coughs> excuse me, yeah, of course he can play in that position. But I think what it does do with these players coming back, and I'll mention Soyuncu while we're on that as well, because... If you add him to, uh, obviously, Johnny Evans and Fafana, you've then got three quality centre-halves that you can play at any time. If you play the three quality centre-halves, you need a good right wing-back. So, Ricardo can then play in that position. So, I mean, these two players coming back, again, it really gives, you know, Brendan a, a, a real armoury in terms of his defensive options because, you know, people have been asking me, they've been saying, you know, can Leicester do it again? Can Leicester compete for the Champions League? And I keep saying to him, yes, they can. And by the way, they've got two of their best defenders from last season to come back, which was Soyuncu and Ricardo, who are now coming back into the team and the squad. So everything look, looks really, really good from a defensive point of view. I don't want to go off on, on too much of a tangent, Jerry, but one thing that, that Tony's kind of touching upon there is is people don't quite believe that, that Leicester can challenge mm. again, firstly for the title and then and then for a top four place. It's something that you've been talking passionately about for the last couple of weeks is that Leicester are here and, and they are challenging. Yeah, and I, I think they're here to stay to the end of the season. Simple as that. I and think. hopefully further. Yeah, well, I, well no, I mean, I mean, as far as this yeah. season goes, obviously, uh, and Tony's just touched on it. The the basis of any good team uh, throughout a season is built on their being solid. Let's call it. And when Tony's just mentioned. Three, four, five players are in Soyuncu, Fafana, Evans, and you've got Schmeichel, and Didi, Vardy, and the like. And then all around that, you've got quality all around the pitch, plus options. But that solid base uh, has got experience, it's got youth, it's got pace, it's got strength. You know, it's got the lot for me. And all right, they might not be the, you know, the, the world-class players that some of the other clubs have got, but what they have got is a real togetherness, and that will keep them in good stead throughout this season. They've proved that already. You know, people like Wesley Fafana, Fafana coming on the scene and, you know, just blowing the Premier League apart with his performances. And just behind him, Soyuncu, who's itching to get back in the side. That will refocus him so much. Whoever starts 
uh, on any given weekend or any given midweek game will know that Soying Chu's waiting in the wings and he's come back and hit the ground running as well. I thought he was excellent yesterday, uh, mm. Soying Chu. And so that there, that focus that the players have got between now and the end of the season will hopefully keep them in the hunt on all three fronts. Time will obviously tell, but if you're asking me sitting here right now, then I think they've got what it takes to go all the way. There you go. I knew you wanted to get that off your chest. (laughs) (laughs) And you have done. Uh, Let's go back to more of the analysis of of the game yesterday. We've spoken about Ricardo Pereira. Uh, On the other side, Luke Thomas had a very good game as well. He's not seen as much football in the last couple of weeks and and months, has he? He played a lot earlier in the season, and that's just due to injuries for for other players. Yeah, again, I think, you know, you listen to Brendan analyse the first half, and he was quite happy with that. But again, I think, on both sides, even though the right-hand side yesterday in the first half, there was the freedom of Brentford Community Stadium for the guys on the right-hand side, and not so much for Luke and Harvey in the first half on the left-hand side, but definitely Luke Thomas came into his own again, and that link-up play between the two of them was, was there for all to see. They linked up beautifully in the second half on a few occasions. Uh, and again, you know, Luke Thomas, you know, we haven't even mentioned him, as you said, doesn't get a lot of game time, but when he comes in, he looks an integral part of the squad, doesn't he? Or the team, should I say. He doesn't look out of place. He's a good footballer. He loves defending, which is, in my eyes, essential when you play a full-back role. You've got to want to defend. A lot of full-backs these days don't know how to defend or don't want to defend. But, you know, thankfully, with Justin uh, uh, Pereira, and, and Thomas, these guys actually want to defend, which again is all part of that solid base. Well, let's hear now from the 19-year-old left-back from Syston, who says he's buzzing to be playing and winning in this group at the moment. Luke, congratulations. A tricky first half, but in the end, it was quite a comfortable victory for Leicester. Yeah, no, um, obviously going in at half-time, 1-0 down, we didn't think we deserved that, obviously. We think we played quite well. Um, obviously, we were all... Very, we were disappointed about the goal. It was a poor goal to concede, but the way we came out second half and got that early goal, and which pushed us on to go and get another, another two, obviously, and get through to the next round. Were there any specific instructions at half time, or was Brendan quite happy with the way you were playing? No, he was. Uh, he was quite happy with the way we were playing. We was moving the ball, but um, he just said a bit more tempo, and we can get him behind these, and we'll be all right. So obviously, it's all worked out, and. We've uh, qualified for the next round. Games like this are a great opportunity for you as well to show what you're all about. You know, so many games and so many competitions this season. Were you really glad to get out there? Yeah, no, I was buzzing to uh, be playing today. And um, every game I play, I feel like uh, it's a great opportunity for me to show everyone what I've got and the qualities that I've got. And hopefully, I can continue to do that. How good is it to be training with like such amazing international players? You know, week in, week out. It's been you know a great season for you. How do you kind of like assess your progression through it? Yeah, no, obviously playing with uh, international players is only making me better, a better player, and it pushes me hard. So um, I'm hoping that I can continue to do what I'm doing and hopefully get more games. Some people say that like cups are a distraction from the league and that kind of thing. Do players see it like that? Do you think you can quite happily manage, you know, all the competitions into one? Is it just looking forward to the next game and wanting to win it? Yeah, it's going game by game. I think this is a great competition to be in the FA Cup. Obviously, Leicester have never won it, so we want to win it and hopefully we can 
keep going and had win the trophy. Luke Thomas there speaking after that win at Brentford. Good evening to Craig Bennett, who's listening in on Facebook. He says, Luke Thomas and Harvey Barnes link up very well. Uh, Luke is obviously naturally left-footed, and, and it did look like a very good left-hand side, Jerry, <coughs> against Brentford yesterday. And it's great to see the two of them, Luke Thomas and Harvey Barnes, two academy graduates. Yeah, well, they complement each other. Again, especially in the modern game where you have them uh, lopsided wide men, so to speak, where you have left-footed players on the, on the right side and right-footed players like Harvey Barnes on the left side. So f when he c drives inside, Luke Thomas is on the overlap and he's an option because he gives that balance because he's left-footed. So he doesn't need to check back or take a touch. He can whip balls in first time and he's, he's been fantastic at that all, since he's come into the side. Every time you've seen him, uh, and you ask centre-forwards this, you ask TC this, Centre forwards want early balls in the box because that's where the space is. When you play balls first time, you have that small window of space. But whereas if you take a touch and then cross it, it gives the defenders time to kill that space, running back towards their own goal. And that's what Luke Thomas gives you with that left foot. Yeah, how impressive is that, Tony, that, that he's willing to put the ball in early like that? He's He's willing to take a risk rather than he could put his foot on the ball and think, oh, I'm, I'm new to the team. I'll, I'll just play it back to my centre-half or into Yuri Tielemans in midfield. But he wants to take the risk. He wants to try and create something. I think it's refreshing. as You know, in, in the modern game, I think I, I get frustrated watching the modern game because I, I think personally there's too many soft options sometimes. I think players get down the line and it's it's all too easy to check back and just lay a little ball back to, the, to whoever's coming behind you to... To, to put the cross in, you know, take responsibility. And to be doing that as a 19-year-old tells you everything you need to know about Luke because, you know, he does like to cross the ball. And Tags mentioned it there as a forward, as an ex-forward, you know, I, I would be screaming and hollering. If, if you get down that left-hand side or the right-hand side and you're heading towards the byline and you don't cross it, then, you know, I, would, I, I used to go absolutely mad with my uh, midfielders, wide players because, you know, the one thing that happens is if, as soon as you check and play the ball back, I then got to come back out towards the edge of the box and make another run and that. But there's no space to run into. And, and invariably, the defence is now set for the ball that's going to come in. But if you do what Luke Thomas does and you whip that ball in, and you don't always have to beat someone as well because there's a bit of a fallacy that, oh, you've got to go down the out, you've got to take him on and you've got, to, you've got to beat the man. Well, listen, David Beckham never used to beat the man. A lot of the time when David Beckham crossed the ball, a little touch, half a yard, whip the ball in. And, you know, and I'm, I'm not comparing Luke to David Beckham, obviously, because he's a very, very young player. The point I'm making is when you get to that byline and when you can see that you can cross the ball, cross it. You know, don't take the soft option. And that's a great tribute to, to Luke that he doesn't take the soft option. Yeah, I remember him making assists as well during Project Restart, doing exactly mm. what Tony was, was saying there, putting the ball in. Uh, Rob Chapman on Facebook says, Luke Thomas is a gem. His progression has been fantastic. As I said before, he's only 19. Mm. Do you think if, if you were in Luke Thomas's shoes, would you be constantly in Christian Fuchs's ear at the, at the training ground oh. and, and during training just to get advice from someone who's been there and, and done it all? Absolutely. I'd be moving him with Christian <laughs> Fuchs, basically. <laughs> I'd be tra I'd be travelling home with Christian Fuchs every day, or following him in the car, and not leaving until he lets you in. And you talked about how do I get better at playing fullback? Because let's face it, Christian Fuchs in his heyday was there any better in the Premier League at, at around that time? If there was, it, he doesn't spring to mind. 
because Fuchs was absolute quality at producing crosses into the box, early balls. And again, you know, Tony's mentioned that it's about taking responsibility. And Luke Thompson showed that he's willing to do that. He's willing to put, give centre forwards, give attacking midfielders a chance to get on the end of something. Uh, so as long as he keeps progressing, you know, then things are looking good in the in the full-back areas for Leicester, especially, aren't they? And, and, and in those wide areas. Speaking of taking responsibility, Jerry, Cheng is under, uh, did so after, as yeah. we've said, 50-odd seconds of that that second half. It was a, a neat finish, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, we haven't really seen a lot of Cengiz in, in recent times, but you know, a great finish. You know, I know he scored one already, hasn't he, uh, in the Europa, Europa League. League, and that was from pretty uh, close in but you know his finish yesterday was was a a cool clever measured finish you know he knew exactly what he was doing great play for Madison good strength for Madison as well uh lovely little layoff and Cengiz applied the finish you know a, a difficult finish as well not an easy finish to put it there uh so yeah great to see him in good form and say we could talk uh, we could go on about every player playing and not playing yesterday uh Everyone's contributing, and that'll be the most pleasing thing for Brendan. Yeah, we, we we seem to be saying this every week on a Monday, Tony, don't we? That it's difficult to to try and pick out individual players to talk about and to praise because they are all collectively as a team doing so well. That it, it seems harsh not mentioning the fact that we've gone half an hour. We, we haven't talked about Yuri Tielemans mm. and how good he was I, yesterday with the captain's armband. Because like, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like you know, that he was absolutely fantastic, and I think he has been fantastic for the last well three, four, five weeks. Particularly, he seems to have come in, into his own, taking responsibility. I think he was captain. I'm right in saying when he was captain, yep. wasn't he? Which you know, a lot of players can get a buzz off that as well. And you know, we all know Casper's the long-term captain, but you're giving the armband back, and that makes you feel a bit taller as well. So, you know, he's been brilliant. Tielemans, absolutely brilliant. I love his vision. Uh, you know, I love his style of play as well, and he knows when to play a little short pass. He knows when to play a long pass. He always seems to be in the right position. And then you add in the other mix of midfield players around him, and that you know, Tags was talking about the spine of the team, but you get Tielemans down that middle and that, and get him in his right position. He, he's important as a lot of the other players that we've mentioned. Yeah, before we move on, last point then on on Yuri Tielemans, and it was a captain's performance, wasn't it yeah. yesterday? Again, you know, he's got the lot in that midfield area. You know, he seriously has. And the one thing I really, really like about him, um, you know, we spoke about it, is his all-round game. For 22, 23, 23, is he, Yuri? His presence on the pitch. You know, under pressure, he'll take the ball off his centre halves and nothing phases him. And that's on, you know, that's on top of all his, his passing ability, his technical ability. He's just playing with a glow and a confidence at the minute. Uh, where he, it's almost as if he feels he's untouchable when the ball's coming to him because he knows exactly what he wants to do with it. Invariably, it comes off. Tony's mentioned the pass, but it's it's his quick one-touch passing around the corners into the front man. He knows exactly what he's doing when the ball comes to him. He's got a, he's got a picture in his head of what he wants to try and achieve, and you know it's it's there for all to see for everybody at the minute. Yeah, Jeremy Benson, a Leicester fan on Twitter, put up a great tweet uh, yesterday after the game. He said, Leicester have now scored uh, 17 goals since Jamie Vardy last scored for the Foxes. That's a, 
<laughs> which proves that, that Leicester aren't a one-man team anymore. Four for Barnes, four for Madison, two for Tielemans, two own goals, and then goals for Albrighton, Justin, Indeedy, Perez, and obviously under yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Let's face it. Goals from all over. That's exactly what Brendan wanted. That's exactly what he's getting. Uh, we talked about, you know, players setting themselves goals, getting into double figures, you know. And, you know, there's two, three, four of them well on the way to achieving that. Uh, and obviously that takes the burden off Jamie Vardy slightly, which again will please, because we all know that the one thing that he loves doing, and 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 I don't know, Tony will be a better person to ask than me this, but he might even be a little bit envious of seeing all these goals popping in, so he'll be itching, it, itching to get back fit and get back in the team and get back scoring, because he wants to be a part of that. He doesn't want to miss out on scoring goals. Yep, we know Jamie Vardy won't feature against Everton tomorrow, or Wednesday rather. Uh, before we preview that game with Everton, we've got to do the, the start of our extra time teasers and also introduce our Who's the Fox uh, for this evening. So we'll get that up on the screens for you now. So if you're, you're listening or watching in at home, you can uh, have a little guess as to who you think uh, this could be. So who are uh, missing foxes this week. We've had some quite good ones recently, I'd say, Jerry, haven't we, uh, on, on who's Have the we? fox. Did you get it? You got it I right got it, last got week. It, yeah, I got it right. It was Wes Morgan week. last week. You got it correct. Uh, so there we go. So on, on your screen now. So who is the fox there? Don't shout out Tony and Jerry. You know the drill by now. This is one for the... Uh, all those people listening in to, to have a little go at. That's a side pro. That's a good side profile, but I have to admit, I have not got a scuba on this one. He looks as bold as me, Tags, didn't he? Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to delve deep today and pull this one out of the bag. Yeah, we'll leave it on for a little bit longer so people can have a, a good look at it. I'm wondering. Because it's Kelechi, looks like Kelechi's coming off and this guy's coming on. Is it a like for like change? But Well, we'll find out later on, Jerry Taggart. We'll find out later on an extra time. Uh, Craig Bennett has guessed who's the fox. Is it Ayose Perez? I'm afraid it isn't, Craig. So we've had our first wrong guess of the evening. So we'll come back to that uh, a bit later and uh, keep getting your guesses in. Thanks for guessing, though, Craig, anyway. Uh, you can play along with these uh, extra time teasers then. Uh, to start with, Tony Cotty, because you're not a huge fan of these, you can guess if you want pot one or pot two. It's only because I've been so bored recently, Dan. That's why I was a fan of it, but I've been so bored. I'm going to go pot one anyway. Pot one, yeah. You'll win tonight and you'll love it again, Tony. That, that's yeah. how it works, isn't it? Uh, Jerry Taggart, your pot two then. You can have your first question of the evening. Uh, who knocked FA Cup holders Arsenal out of the competition at the weekend? Southampton. Boom! That was so easy. <laughs> it's a good start for Jerry. It's a good start. Uh, Tony. Have some of that, TC. Come on, son. I'm just trying to think. Uh, really obscure European uh, Spanish Division no. 2 question now. Uh, name the three Manchester United goal scorers in their 3-2 win over Liverpool yesterday. Uh, Fernandes. Um, Rashford. Mason Greenwood. It's a strong start from the mm. two of you. So you both got a point heading into our questions later on. So it's one all. Uh, we'll come back to that one uh, there. Uh, right, I mentioned Everton, uh, the trip to Everton on Wednesday, of course. Tony, two of your former clubs. It's a big game, isn't it? For, for both Leicester and for Everton. It is, yeah. And um, I mean, from an Everton point of view, they've, they've been quite 
I think they've been inconsistent this year. I mean, they, they started the season really well, um, was top of the league at one stage, and then they sort of went off the pace. They they lost Richarlison, who, went, who was injured for a good six or seven games, and I don't think they're the same team without Richarlison in that side. And then he's come back, and then they've just started to pick up a few results as well. Um, but they are a dangerous team. There's no doubt about that. You know, they've got a good manager. They're well-organised, good players, forward players like Calvert-Lewin, um, Richarlison, are good players, good midfielder as well. So manager gets them all well-organised. They know what they're doing. And, you know, this is a, a stronger and better Everton team than what we saw last season. So this is going to be a tough... It's always a tough ground to go to anyway, Goodison, to try and get a result. But this will be a tough game for Leicester. There's no doubt about that. And it was just over a month ago, Tony, that, that Everton came to King Power Stadium and, and won 2-0 and, and played well. Yeah, exactly. And they're capable of doing that. You know, it, it, listen, I've, I've also seen and they, they played at home to West Ham and they was awful. And I mean, really, really awful. And that was only probably about two, two three weeks ago. So I mentioned inconsistent. That's exactly what Everton are. And it's, it's the great thing for every club in the Premier League. You're trying to become a consistent team that plays consistent football, wins consistently. And that that's the hardest part of football to, to get that magic word. And that's what Everton are really struggling with. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to hope that they're off their game. I know they, they got through against Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup, didn't they? So there's no no disappointment or whatever to bounce back from. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see what team they put out and, and see what team Leicester put out. But it, it, it's a cracking game, you know, because both teams have got real aspirations to get towards that Champions League spot at, at the minimum this season. Yeah, they went very strong, Jerry. Uh, Everton last night against Sheffield Wednesday, the likes of Calvert Lewin, James Rodriguez, Richarlison, Sigurdsson, Decore, Mina, Coleman. They, they went pretty much as, as strong as they can go. Yeah, well, they obviously have one eye on the FA Cup as well, uh, you'd have to say. And, you know, they need to find a, a little bit of form. The form's been half decent, you've got to say. It's not been electric, but it's been decent. Obviously, they had the postponed game, didn't they, against. Aston Villa, I think it was. The game was postponed. Uh, so, yeah, they'll, they'll, that will obviously give them a bit of confidence. I think, I think this is a great fixture. I said we, we were here, obviously, for the game last month, was it, when Everton won 2-0, and I thought they were really impressive that night, I have to say. They, they, they looked strong, physically strong. Uh, they had a bit of class, and, and, and I don't think Hamas Rodriguez was playing that night either. So having him back... Uh, he got two assists last night as well. Yeah, so and he's a, you know we all know he's, he's a quality player. I've seen bits and bobs of him this season, and uh, you know he is he does look a quality player. So you know it just got it's got all the makings of a you know a top Premier League game. What I love about the Premier League, basically, when when I go and watch a game. So I'm really looking forward to getting on my horse and getting up there <laughs> and doing a bit of commentary on Wednesday night. I'm really looking forward to it, even though. Probably be freezing. Yeah, Paul Dagnan on Facebook says Everton is a big one. Three points there uh, will show we are a real threat. Yeah, and you know, when Everton are six points behind Leicester in the league, so this for them, you know, is a must win game. If they've got any, you know, if they want to, if they've got any plans of trying to break into the top four, they have to win this game uh, because if Leicester wins it, that's a nine point gap. You know, it's going to be a struggle for them. But uh, if they get three points, then it just claws them back up to the edge of that top four, so to speak. But it's just a game that I'm really looking forward to because of what I've seen here just over a month ago. Obviously, Leicester owe them one. Mm. I fancy Leicester going into any game. The players have just said. 
So it's go- hopefully it's going to be a right thing, thing though. It, it's interesting. You don't often see games this close to each other in the Premier League, Tony, do you? That that it was just over a month basically ago that, that Everton came here and won. So I guess there's two ways that you can look at it. Either Everton will think, oh yeah, we, we beat them not so long ago. We can beat them again. But Leicester, as Jerry just referenced there, will think they got one over on us last time. It's fresh in our memories. Let, let's almost get revenge. Yeah, it works both ways. I mean, you know, obviously we've been in both positions, but you know, if you've won the, the the game not so long ago, you're thinking, well, we beat them once, so we can beat them again. And if you've lost the game, you you then thinking, well, we we owe them one. You know, we need to go up there and put in a performance. You know, and you know that was a disappointing result for Leicester. There's no doubt about that. And you know, there's been a couple of times with the home performances where there have been disappointing results. That was one of them. But in terms of the away form, you know, Leicester for me are the best away team in the league. They really are a fantastic outfit, well-organised. I know Jamie's not going to be playing, but I'm sure Brendan will look at other options and it'll be very, very interesting, I think, to see what formation he goes with uh, in terms of tactics. You know, does he go for a back uh, back three or does he stick with a four? And I think that's where it'll be really interesting tactically to see what he does. Because the four has been working so well for Leicester recently, Tony, do you think he, he will stick with that? I think he will. Yeah. I mean, there's probably an argument that perhaps, you know, you know, Ricardo's not quite ready to, to come back into the team, not quite ready. Um, Soyuncu is jumping at the bit and we all know he wants to get back in, but I'm not sure unless we play a three, I can't see him getting back in the team at the moment. So, yeah, I, I think Brendan will stick with, with the four um, and there's no real reason to change that. I think, he, you know, his, his biggest issue and biggest problem for the manager will be who plays in that centre forward role. But, you know, I, I think you look at one of the form teams at the moment, Manchester City, um, they've got their staff centre forward out as well, Aguero, and they're not playing with a centre forward and they're still getting results. So it can be done and you, you've you just got to be organised and you've just got to rotate the system, get those talented players. You know, if they're, if you've got all midfield players and no centre forward, you just got to rotate the positions. And, you know, someone like Perez can do that. You know, James Madison can do that. Harvey Barnes can do that. So there's plenty of options. You've got Ian Acho, of course. You know, who might play, we don't know, but there's plenty of options for the manager. Yeah, Brendan Rogers, it'll be the day after his 48th birthday as well, Jerry. So it's his birthday tomorrow. So many mm-hmm. happy returns Absolutely. to Brendan Rogers. Um, just how good of a job has he done since he took over from, uh, from Claude Powell? Fantastic. Uh, and obviously, he's not finished yet. Uh, I am obviously a bit biased, as you would <laughs> expect, but it's the stats are there. You know, everything is there for, uh, in front of everybody. He's got a a young team he, when he came in. He, he's blooded a lot of young players. He's he's uh, bought young players in who have hit the ground running. And the players are playing with a smile on their face. They're, they must absolutely love going into work every day, which, you know, you would think that's a given being a professional footballer. But believe you me, when things are a bit early... The last thing you want to do is get out of bed and go into training. But as far as these lads are concerned, you know, they must be loving it. And, you know, Brendan Rodgers has to take full credit and his backroom staff as well, don't forget, because they play a vital role alongside Brendan. But, I mean, I think it was a a no-brainer giving the new deal when he did because I think, you know, if he keeps going on the way he is, Brendan, then, you know, there's going to be a few people looking at him. Yeah, a month tomorrow, Tony, will mark two years as well in charge of Leicester for Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. And, and you can see in that time the progression and, and the progress that's being made. 
Yeah, and it's across the board as well. It's, you know, it's not just in maybe one area, but there's other areas where it's not. It, it, it's totally and utterly across the board. If you look at everything that's going on at the football club, you don't you don't need me to name everything. You know, I can if you want me to, but you know, every, everything that you look at that revolves around Leicester City Football Club at the moment is going in the right direction. And that can only come from what the manager puts into place. You know, two years is, is, is long enough you know, to sort of be saying, well, you know, I'm getting my ideas across now. I'm, I've got pretty much my own players. If there was any players that I wasn't sure about, they've long left the football club. So you, you're at that stage after two years where you, you, you're you in control of your own destiny and you, you're working with what you want to work with. And that's where I think Brendan is. You know, I, I'm not surprised, Dan, because I, I've, I've met the man. I've seen these work from afar. I think a lot of people are very dismissive of the job he did at Liverpool, which I think he's wrong because he was so close to winning the league with Liverpool. Done a great job at Celtic. So, you know, it, and before that, he learned his trade and mm. worked under some great managers at some great football clubs. So, you know, he's he's done his time, he's done his trade and he's taken everything that he's learned and given it to Leicester. And, you know, Leicester, Leicester need praise for appointing him in, in the first place, obviously, but... You know, Leicester City Football Club are in very, very safe hands at the moment and, and there's only one direction Leicester are going in. And I guess one thing that, that maybe aided Brendan Rodgers and his decision to come to Leicester was the new training ground. You were there for the first time this time last week as well, weren't you? <clears throat> it, it is incredible. You talk about yeah. players wanting to come into training. I think you wouldn't want to leave that, that new training. Uh, and, and that's part of the reason why, you know, I think people have got to start taking Leicester City Seriously, they've got everything in place. They've got the manager, they've got the training facility now, uh, which is mind blowing. Let's face it. Well, unless you, if you haven't been there, but yeah, I mean it's it's, it's quite astounding, really, the training facility, and that hopefully in turn, the results are going the right way. The league table looks pretty healthy. They're in Europa League, in the FA Cup fifth round. People are starting to sit up and take note. Players, more importantly, are starting to take set up and take note of Leicester City. And hopefully, with having all these things in place, moving forward, then hopefully down the line when you know Leicester City are attracted to signing a player, that player will come and not think, well, no ask questions about the training facilities or, or this or that, because everything now is in place for Leicester City to keep moving forward. Yeah, this time last week, Jerry Taggart was at the new training ground on uh, LCFC TV co-commentary duty uh, as the development squad were in action. Tonight, it's the turn of Matt Elliott and he's alongside Nick Walsh, who has all the details of tonight's clash and the latest team news. Hello, Dan. A big welcome to Leicester City Football Club training ground. Premier League 2, Division 1 this evening and kickoff is 7 o'clock with myself and club legend and League Cup hero Matt Elliott for the visits of two-time champions Everton. And with that, Dan, two changes to the starting lineup from seven days ago against Manchester United. Young, exciting Portugal teenager Sidney Tavares is back as Ali Regba, who did take a knock against Manchester United, is among the substitutes. And young defender Ben Nelson replaces Darnell Johnson who is not in the matchday squad. So the starting 11 for Steve Beagleholz youngsters, Jacob Salachik in goal, Vontae Daly-Campbell, Dara O'Connor, Ben Nelson, Shane Flynn, Callum Hume, Kanya Yeshabella, Thanawat Swain Chitawong, Sidney Tavares, Jake Wakelin and Callum Wright. Should be a good game as well, Dan, because prior to the 3-0 defeat against the same opposition back in September, the previous six meetings were either drawn 
or settled by a single goal. Tonight, it is the visit of David Unsworth's Everton and kickoff is seven o'clock. We hope you're going to join us. Yes, thank you very much, Nick. Do join Nick and Matt Elliott for the game this evening. Following us immediately after extra time, you can watch that uh, live and free on LCFC TV. Why wouldn't you? Um, right, let's get our Who's the Fox up. Um, we've had a number of guesses, actually, on this. A number of wrong guesses. I've yet to see a correct one. Oh. It is a difficult one. I, I will accept that. Uh, Jane and Rob on Facebook have guessed Harvey Barnes. No, it isn't Harvey Barnes. Uh, Mark Williams has guessed James Justin. No, it isn't James Justin. Uh, there was a bit of a, a method behind the madness of, of picking this one because it was on this day a year ago. Leicester travelled to Brentford in the FA Cup fourth round, of course, and won 1-0. And there's yep. a debut for a player as well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and spoon feed you it here. Okay, Taggart, well, no, 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 just might. don't say no more for five seconds <laughs> then and I'll, I'll I'll recast my memory back. So he made his debut. Yeah. Last year. We've had a couple of correct guesses in on Twitter. I'll read those out in just a moment. And we've got a correct answer as well on Facebook. Well done to Ian Hutchinson. Is, 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 he, is he still at the club or has he gone out on loan? Or has he... He's gone out on loan. Dewsbury Hall. Boom! Correct. Well done, Jerry. Well done, Ian Hutchinson uh, on Facebook. Well done to Rob as well uh, for getting there, but we did see your incorrect answer earlier. Uh, Daniel Cox and Burks on uh, on Twitter also guessed Kean and Dewsbury Hall. Uh, so well done to those. Yeah, Kinnan, he's, he's doing really well yeah. at Luton and, and he was in the spotlight a little bit at the weekend because he played against Chelsea yeah. in the FA Cup and, and by all accounts had a really, really good oh, game. He's a top player, isn't he? Another one coming through who, again, I really like. I've seen him in, in uh, I've seen him a couple of times, obviously, in that game. Seen him pre-season. I think he's a really top prospect. Probably the right decision to, to send him out on loan to Luton. Uh you know who, and and apparently, yeah, he scored a few important goals for them as well. He's he's got himself in there a few of the team of the weeks, hasn't yeah. he? <laughs> Championship team of the weeks. So yeah, again, another great prospect. Yeah, I keep seeing it, it popping up on on my Twitter feed. It'll say like Luton Town will do a, a man of the match poll, Tony, and and pretty much week in week out, Kane and Jewsbury Hall is winning that. He's on Luton Town's cover photo as well. Like he he's very very well respected down at Luton and, and clearly it's a, a really good step for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, the Championship is a fantastic league to perform in as well. It's very competitive and, you, you know, I think if you're a young boy, you can come back almost as a man as well because you're competing rather than sitting on the bench or playing the academy football. You know, I think it's, it's so important nowadays. You know, football's changed, you know, 30, 40 years ago when I came through, you know, you... If you was a youngster you and you, you've done all right, you stayed in the team. But that is very rare, rare nowadays. You need to go out. You need the experience. And, you know, as I say, sitting on the bench, keeping the bench warm, for me, is not the right thing. These young kids need to go out and play and they need to learn their trade. So I'm really pleased he's doing well. And it, it proves just how good the production line is at the moment at Leicester City, Jerry. How mm. many players <clears throat> are coming through? And, and if... Well, I guess it's the cheapest way to do it as a football club. You yeah. don't have to buy these stars because if you can make them yourselves well you say that but I think I, I was doing the game last week and uh, there was one there was a Manchester United player on there uh, I think he was a French French kid yeah 
I think he cost 10 million euros. I think he was 16 or 17 and cost Man United 10 million euros. Get that. But yeah, definitely. You know, it's vitally important, you know, because you invest in these academies now, they invest a lot of time, a lot of money. And you look at the show pitch down there for the under 23s. I mean, it's spectacular. All right, it's not a big stand, but the actual pitch to play on, I think it's a, an exact replica of, of King Power. So there's a lot of time and a lot of money invested in these young lads, so you have to manage them the right way. And if they're not, if, if, if they're too good for the under-23 game then they have, and they're not good enough to get in the first team, then you have to get them game time somewhere else. And I'm sure Keenan, uh, Jewsbury Hall, just like Harvey Barnes when he went to West Brom, it'll do them the world of good. Because he is definitely a player, in my mind, that in another 6, 12, 18 months will be looking to cement his place or try and break into the first team and stay there. Well, that's what they'll be looking at. They'll be looking at yeah. those players that have gone before them. And the likes of Harvey Barnes, Hamza Chowdhury, obviously Ben Chilwell now that he's moved on, have, have mm -hmm. made that step. Luke Thomas now making that yeah. step. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you said, the best way to get the experience, apart from actually playing in your first team, is to get them playing in somebody else's first team. And so that's what he's doing. And, by, you know, obviously he's standing out as well. And so it's great for him that that's happening. And as I said, he's a player I've always liked. From the, the minute I've seen him, uh, I just thought this guy's got a really good chance of, of breaking into this team. Yeah, well done to uh, to Kieran and Drewsbury Hall. And well done to those of you that got that. Uh, who's the Fox? It was a very difficult one. Before we do the uh, the final extra time teasers, a quick word on Wesley Fafana, Tony. I know you were, you were speaking a little bit about Kaglas Lenshu, how you you would have expected him to come straight back in the team. But I guess it's credit to Fafana that he's, he's keeping him out at the moment. Brendan Rodgers in his press conference today said, uh, about the uh, the 20-year-old. He's shown immense potential. He does things so naturally in the game. His anticipation is at a really high level already. Speed, ability in the air. He defends forward. He's aggressive. He has all of those things. I can't speak highly enough of him. Yeah, I agree with all those things that have been said. Um, you know, I think the one concern would have been with Fafana is coming into the game from a, a different country, coming into the Premier League, being so young. And I think when players are so young and they get put into the first team, I, I think sometimes you can have, or a lot of the time, you, you can have the first six, seven games, it's you, you, you're on a buzz and an adrenaline rush and everything's going well for you. And you get through those games and you do well. Sometimes you can overperform, but then you have a dip and you lose a little bit of form and you get taken. It happened to me as an 18-year-old, Dan. I had six, seven games and manager took me out those six games and then you then go back in the team and, and that's the way to do it. But you can't say that about him. Fafana has just, he's just been incredible. And I, I keep saying that word consistency. He's been so consistent since he's been in the team to the point where we've got one of the standout defenders from last season's Premier League. He's, he's struggling to get his place back in the team now because Fafana's been so good. You can't drop Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans is Johnny Evans. And, and you're looking at, if you're playing a back four, but it, the, the, the holder has got the shirt. If you've got that shirt, and you keep hold of that shirt and you just say, I don't care whether it's Soyun Chu, I don't care who it is, you can spend millions of pounds on another player, I'm the man with the shirt, I'm going to put the performances in and I'm going to stay in that team. And that's exactly what Fafana's done. He's been incredible for such a young lad. And he's he's showing maturity, obviously, beyond his years, isn't he? Incredible. I mean... I mean, he shocked everyone. Uh, yeah. And he shocked you as well. Yeah, he is potentially world-class. 
And what more can I say? Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Let's do our extra time teasers then. Uh, I think Joey knew that the time was rattling on, so we had to finish <laughs> off with those ones. Uh, right, it's one all going into the uh, the final couple of questions. Tony Cotty has a chance to uh, to win the extra time teasers for the first time in, in we'd say, a couple of weeks, Tony. We'll be generous. We'll be generous. Uh, and it's you to go first, Tony, with your question number two. Um, in the FA Cup fifth round last season, Leicester beat Birmingham 1-0 at King Power Stadium. Which Foxes defender scored the winner? This is a nightmare question for me, because Tags is going to get this. No, no um, I've not got a clue, Matt. Um, I'm going to have a wild guess. You did say defender, Dan, didn't you? I'm going to go for Wes Morgan. I'll go for uh, Christian Fuchs. Mm. Ricardo. Ricardo, I'm gonna, don't, 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 don't change my mind. What am I doing? Always go with your gut, Jerry. Why did I change my mind? Just because I thought he might not have played in that. Because it was. Yeah, that's why I went with Morgan. Yeah. That's what I thought. No, it was it was a header from Ricardo. Um, Idiot. Yeah, so a 1-0 win that sent Leicester into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Hopefully something similar again this season when we play Brighton. Right, Jerry, your question number two. Uh, three of Yuri Tielemans' goals this season have come from the penalty spot. One of them, obviously, against Brentford. Name one of the others. Manchester City leads. Did I get another ding for the... Got him both. You only get one point, though. You only get one point. <laughs> Right, Jerry takes a 2-1 lead going into the final well, questions. Um, Jerry, your final one. Who managed Chelsea between June 2009 and May 2011? 2009. Abraham Grant. I think that Chelsea won the league, the Premier League, in 2010. And I think the manager at the time was Carlo Ancelotti. The comeback is on and Jerry knows it. Tony, if you get this question right, you've won it. And I suspect whoever picked pot one would probably get this one right. My makeup's coming off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you weren't listening to the uh, the start of the show, you might be frowning at that. Uh, Jerry Taggart has makeup on his forehead this evening. It's now all over the microphone. Uh, Tony, uh, to put you out of your suspense, who managed Chelsea between February 1998 and September 2000? Um. I'm going to go Luca Viali. Correct. Well <laughs> done. <laughs> Actually, I had that TC as well. Well done, pal. I don't, I don't know where I got it from. Yeah, Viali. Yeah, well, I, well thought, done, I thought whoever got that question was probably going to get it right, considering you both played against yeah. Chelsea during that time. Uh, so, yeah, well done, Tony. 2-1 down, heading into the final questions as, as won it 3-2. So, well done, Tony. Uh, perfect timing for the end of the show as well don't forget Leicester City are in action on Wednesday against Everton you can follow all the action on Match Day Live on LCFC TV but following us immediately right now on LCFC TV are the development squad there in action against Everton so do head on uh, to lcfc.com slash TV to watch it for free <laughs>